Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 37-year-old from Southgate, Michigan, USA. His hockey journey has taken him to the USA, Slovenia, Italy, and he is a living and playing legend in the old honey hole Deutschland. He's been running amok since way back in 06-07 when he had the best save percentage in the USHL with the Sioux City Musketeers. He then headed to the old honey hole, Western Michigan with my Broncos and helped the program turn it around into the perennial contenders they are now. At the end of his senior year, he headed into pro hockey with Idaho Steelheads and promptly showed everyone what's up in nine playoff games, had a 1.83 goals against and a 9.37 save percentage folks confirmed gamer. He mucked around for another year in Idaho before spreading his hockey wings and headed for Olympia Ljubljana in Slovenia and became a Slovenian champion. He then became a champion in Italy, taking down the Italian Super Cup with Pustertal Valpusteria. <laughs> he then <laughs> set up shop and became a legend and has made Germany home playing and running amok of the DEL and DEL2, or SVI, for the past decade, twice posting the lowest goals against average in the league and the best save percentage. He is now set to dominate with the Hanover Scorpions and dive deeper into the world of coaching. Welcome to my kitchen, Jerry Kuhn. <laughs> thanks for having me. Hey, thanks Long for finally coming. coming, eh? Yeah, you've been toying yeah. with my emotions for years. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not normally, you know, like this isn't your thing. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Just not comfortable doing it. I, I just, it takes some time. I'll try. I try to lure everybody in here eventually. Right. And I'll, I'll try to make you feel as comfortable as I can. (laughs) I was really nervous when I started doing this and now I just don't care what anybody thinks about me at all. (laughs) It's way more fun that way. (laughs) For sure. For sure. I get into how we know each other. Nice to meet you. Too. yeah and, um yeah broncos that's how that's how we know each other though so i was checking it out you went there where i guess three years after me because bicyc ansel and lesperance were still on the team so they would have been sophomores my last year okay and then you would have played with all my freshies so when i was a senior all my freshies my crew were vex frankie silky smooth steve silver galley those fellas so i'm gonna have on their whole class here coming up really the full all together deal, all together yeah we're gonna run a muck <laughs> that'll be yeah yeah that'd be fine nice. to relive the bronc yeah. like did you not love western michigan i loved my four years there i just wish we were better at hockey i 
honest to God, I tell my wife probably once or twice a month, like I want to go back to school. Like mm-hmm. I can't do this. I, I, I just want to redo it all. And I know. Just do it the same exact way. Cause yes, yes. Except for us, we want to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. We were a terrible hockey team three out of four years. But right. so, I made up for it. Um, I guess uh, like for us, we were as tight as a team got. Um, I thought everybody loved each other on our team. Um, we dealt with some, you know, there were some mind games and stuff and being at the rink wasn't always the funnest place to be, but we sure lived it up away from the rink and we were a squad. I don't know what it was like for you guys. It was the same way. We like, I was a 21 year old freshman. So I remember I would be doing my homework in the dorm and I would pull out a, a Coors Light and I ended up, you know, Every night I had homework, I'd sit there with Coors Lights. But uh, yeah, my 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 class, I I still talk to quite a few of them. But you know, like life, it it happens, and and you lose touch, and and it's sometimes it's sad. Uh, yeah. But the I'd have to say the one guy that I still talk to, he wasn't even in my class, but I talked to at least twice a month is Derek rail. Um, I railer. He's probably, a shed guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I knew him before going to college, you know, yeah. I played juniors with them and then he came to Western and it's just been great to watch him grow up. And, and he's a, he's a dad and a husband now. And he's, he's a good guy. He's a real good coach. He, he loves what he does. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, a lot of that hits home for me. The reason I started this was because I had lost touch with a lot of my buddies. And um, I mean, my teammates from all over my career, but your brothers from the Bronco days, it's just, I don't know. It's like a different relationship for me. It, my whole club, my whole room or our, my roommates were all from an hour away from each other in Ontario around here, like literally within a square all an hour away from each other. We could carpool to Kalamazoo together. We carpooled back. We'd go to each other's hometowns and meet each other's buddies from their hometowns. And it's like we're family and we still are, but you're right. Life gets in the way and you never, you don't get to see each other very often, but you see it from afar. You see guys becoming dads. You see like the guys that were the biggest disaster in college grow up and like become a dad and like a, a good husband, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I like, luckily with social media, I can, I can look and watch have people an idea, as, right? You have an yeah, idea yeah. Of what people are up to. And it's, it's tougher also, because I haven't been home in two years. Crazy, eh? you know, and, and, and when we do go home now, it's for two, three weeks, and it's really hard to jam Everything all those there. people. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's sad, because like I had the time of my life with, with Western and with all those guys, and I would I do it again over and over and over again. And I always say Western Michigan has everything you need to be a powerhouse school in college hockey. And um, I got some punks running around now. They're blaring rap music. Who do you I? Know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we're in the kitchen today, not the shed. You yeah. know, it's summer break here. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, okay. But anyways, what was I talking about? Western Michigan out. It has everything you needed. I I don't like to be hard on people. Um, I thought um, Jim Colhane did a lot of things for me. Um, 
also we had a very strange relationship when I was running amok the last couple of years. Um, it was interesting how he handled it all. And um, I guess, I don't know. There was a lot of hurt feelings reports out of my class when we left. Like none of us have been back. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I also didn't have the best relationship with uh, Coach Colhane. Um, and, and I was my third year of school close to the end I was thinking more about my future away from hockey and and I you know like was looking into internships and stuff like that and and then boom Jeff Blaschel comes along and he I'm playing hockey now because of Jeff Blaschel and Pat Fershweather um and it's amazing um like like you see social media you see things from afar I see Broncos now writing. I am so thankful Pat Fershweiler is my coach. I am so happy that he is my coach. Like when we were in college, that was not the relationship we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For Pat, it like he 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 was your friend, but he also held you accountable, and like you knew where you stood, and he was honest and right. And I remember, oh, I had a couple 6 a.m. Uh, 6 a.m. stair sessions with Pat, um, you know, like just, yeah, he pushed me and he he made sure I was ready when the opportunity came my senior year and I ran away with it. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, and now I still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still going. I feel it some days I'm getting, I'm getting older, but yeah, I'm still pushing through. Wow. I looking at your numbers doesn't look like anything's changed. Um, this past season, I have it written down here, a nine, two, one save percentage and a 2.11 goals against, and you were 22 and seven. Yeah. We had a, we had a loaded team. Like we should have won. We were built to win and things just didn't work out. Obviously playoff hockey is a lot different than uh regular season hockey. It definitely is. And winning, whether you have the loaded team or not, winning isn't easy, whether you're expected to do it or not. But that brings back memories, you saying that, because you're in Castle, eh? The Huskies. Yeah. Uh, my first year over in Germany, I was with the Landsuit Cannibals, and uh, we were not pegged to be at the top, but we went on a playoff heater and went to the finals against the loaded Castle Huskies, who had a budget that was outrageous. They had former NHL players. They had... They had a squad, and uh, it was best of five, and we went to game five and lost in overtime. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's playoff hockey's a different, a different creature. That's for sure. And winning is losing are the exact opposite. I I still remember that day when uh, when they scored that goal. You know, it was awful, awful. One second. <laughs> Came back on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Castle though that brings back terrible memories for me. Just so you know. Awful. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, what? So you know when we posted, you're finally coming on. Marco Mueller reached out. He's been on before. He's my buddy. Um, he was just the little puppy when I played with him back in Beatingheim and Helbron. And he's a shed guy. He's a dandy. He's become a legend there too, eh? He's been here. This will be his tenth year. Here in Castle. 
10 years, eh? In the UK, you know what they do for that? They give you a testimonial game, and they're the coolest things in hockey. You get to have back all your favorite teammates of your 10 years. They put on a game, and you get to keep all the money made from the raffles, from everything. You get all the money that player does. Uh, yeah, I don't think they do that here. <laughs> Definitely don't, because it's happening yeah. in the UK, and I've got to. I've been fortunate enough to be invited to a couple, and they are the funnest things going. <laughs> I could imagine yeah. just a party, eh? Oh, it's well, you bring back all your favorite guys over ten years, and there's guys that don't play anymore. There's guys that still do, but everybody shows up with a great attitude. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Marco's going back. So I see you're not, eh? No. Um, the very long story kind of, uh, you know how Europe is. It's backstabbing and it's gutless. And it, it's cutthroat. It's, um, yeah. And I had a contract for, for next year here in Castle. I last year I signed a two year and yeah, uh, they yeah. they they bought you out or did they give you some yeah really yeah, yeah. They, they had to it's the law um and but it you, was so you went i just hear me out here 22 and 7 921 save percentage and 2.11 goals against huh I'm not sure what you're supposed to do honest to god the whole season our our german backup goalie got injured in preseason they panicked they signed an import goalie they brought the import goalie in and so we would play every other game every other game and yeah then uh playoffs playoffs started and we were going back and forth during playoffs and yeah and then all of a sudden they decided that uh playing uh, three imports and uh, an import goalie was better than having four import players and me and net. So I was actually in the stands the last two games of playoffs. Watch my team. Yeah. Lose. Lose. The worst feeling. Yeah. Worst feeling in the world. And uh, I had, I, I saw the writing on the wall after that. And uh, so, yeah. so that's bizarre to me because um it's the same in the uk is if you can get um a domestic or a guy with a pass to um be as good as an import then you get an extra out player and it's a big deal to have an extra import out 921 save percentage it's a german goalie the thing is like uh and that's but what's what's interesting for me and i bet you you're not much different to me when i was done hockey when i was done my career i had some very sour tastes in my mouth whether when i went places i did what was asked of me we won championships and then i wasn't asked back and it's like what the hell was i supposed to do you know and when you have loyalty to a place and like for myself i had other places i could have gone and i stayed loyal and stayed true to a team or two and and then when it you don't get paid back for that it's like well this isn't how it's supposed to work in the world you know yeah and that's uh that's how it was here you know like i we, we saw my family and i saw our future here mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so i went and, and i went and got my my c license to to coach the young kids i went and got my goalie license 
And I did all that uh, last summer. And then this season, I took time away from my family to invest in the young kids here. Of and, that town and, and, would, and, help, and be part of the yeah. community. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I would do it again. I don't regret it. But, uh, you know, like there was a lot of uh, like the relationship with the now ex-owner and I um, really crumbled. And, uh, that's what happened. And he, yeah. And, and I'm a guy, I'm not going to take shit from anyone. I'm mm. going to stick up for myself. I'm going to yep. stick up for my family. Yeah. And, and uh, you should. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, and the way that they handled, they announced that I, I wasn't coming back the day before they signed their new goalie, even though I was under contract and it was all, really really badly handled and uh luckily castle has a new owner he's taken over everything and he's made things right and he, he he's told me he wants me a part of the future here in castle uh, with team maybe when i'm done so so now it's nice when th when things like get sorted out right and things yeah. look there's Cause yeah, it's uh, I've been through situations like that, and I mean, well, I mean, let's be honest. Last season, I put my name in to coach my son's hockey team around here in a small town, and they didn't give it to me. And um, it was what it was. But then the guy didn't even want me to help, and it's like you, you don't even want me to help these kids. I played like professionally, not to toot my own horn, but like. I played professionally for 10 years. I coached these kids last season to the all Ontarios and they, these kids love me and now I'm not even allowed to help. And it's nice that I got that all sorted out too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, you can't control people. I've learned that yeah. like you can't control people. You can, there's a lot you can't control in life and yeah, you just yeah. have to, you got to go do the, the best with what you got. Right. And uh, all exactly. you can do is kind of like, what I did was I, 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 it all worked out for me. Cause I got a season with my daughter and a group of girls that we were a team is one of my favorite years of hockey ever. And it all worked out for the best. And sometimes the pissed offness can get in the way of seeing that this could all work out better anyways. Right. Definitely. definitely. And, and so my next opportunity kind of, is the perfect opportunity because my family and I are going to stay in castle in the same apartment we've been living in the past four years. And I will commute every, you know, every day or every other day I will commute um, to Hanover. And How far is that? Yeah. they it, On the train, it's uh 50 minutes on the, on the ECE, the fast train. So it's That's not bad. It's not bad. No, I'll, I'll drop my daughter off at school, hop on the train, practice come home go to my son's practice coach the goalies I, everything is you know like i try not to stress in life i've had so many crazy things happen to me in life and i'm just trying to go with the flow now absolutely i i i the same too i i've come to the realization i can't uh i can just be myself and you know people are either into it or they're not right i'm not for everyone exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, um, I'm sure it's going to go fine for you. But you know, what's what's real wild about this whole hockey world and the small world that it is, is uh, I saw where you're going and I saw who's going to be coaching you. And that is the guy that asked me to kindly leave beating. <laughs> yeah, 
that's right yep wow so you didn't you didn't have a good relationship with them not not even close to a good relationship uh the worst relationship i had with a coach anywhere or any boss in anywhere in the world um i've never really had coaches or that like my bosses that don't like me he did not like me and he it was right away um it was interesting but like i just didn't like so the long the short story is is that he came in he already had a couple imports signed on multi-year deals were brutal our germans weren't good enough we had signed too young of a team we weren't good enough to be good um well he comes in and needs to make changes for the next season and um I mean, I had been there for four years and I was doing well, but I was on a one-year deal. So if he was going to change anything, um, but he never gave me a chance from the start. Like he would bring in the so-called leaders of the team to talk to him. I was never asked to be in there. I was never asked to talk to him. I was think I was about leading the league and scoring and my coach wouldn't even have meetings with me or talk to me, but he talked to all the other guys. And uh, then that starts toying with my mental stuff and then I start struggling and then by the end I could hardly play I was so brutal because he was just right up in my kitchen cooking pancakes and then um it was it was like it was depressing because beating high was home for me and I had been loyal to them and I had chances to leave and I didn't um and then when they bring in a new coach and it's his decisions then um then the loyalty's gone <laughs> you know yeah 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 and it's sad because like we're humans, but yeah. also the game is a business, and and yeah. the business sometimes the business is Cut not through. fun. It's well, it's not. Yeah. And, but then when it's like, you know, it just yeah, the relationships and stuff is just I don't know. If people want to bring in their own guys, they call it or whatever. But anywho, um, yeah. So you're yeah, he's coaching in Hanover, so uh, that's a cool barn, though, eh? It's a tough barn. It's a uh, tough but, barn, but know, if you're the home team, like I never, I don't think I scored a goal in that arena. I played there a lot. They were never a top team, but I could not score there. But it's a sweet old German barn. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's character, you know, like the whole, the whole, the the GM slash owner of the team. He's 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 a big biker dude. It's just, I I felt really comfortable meeting him and right away, like it's I'm from. Detroit area. I'm downriver guy, you know, mm-hmm. and there, it just felt right. They, my kind of people, right? So, and and that's and like we say, things always work out sometimes for a reason, right? And um, you want to be around people that are your type of people. When I won the championship in Denmark and I finished second league in scoring, and they didn't want me back, and I start thinking, am I the bad guy in the room? Am I like the cancer in the room? Am I like a yeah. problem? when they don't ask you back after something like that. And then I go to Cardiff and I meet the fans. I meet the owners. I meet the GM. I meet the coach. And I'm like, well, the, the teammates, it's like, well, these are my type of people, you know? Yep. Yeah. So I'm sure you're going to have a great time there. I know I, I always enjoyed playing there, even if it was hard and I never scored. I still liked it. <laughs> well, they're, they're building a wagon too. We've got uh pull. So, so they're trying to get up to the second league then. If they win, if you guys win the third league, you go up. So they're putting together a squad. Yeah. They, they're, they're spending the money and yeah, it'll be fun. I will win a lot of games. Uh, but uh, like last year, they won a ton too. But then playoffs come, it's a whole different story. 
Well, it so, sure is. And then when you yeah. get to a, like, instead of regular season, when you're playing the same team over and over, the adjustments coaches make, the adjustments players make, if, if one team can make the adjustments before the other team, or if they just play tougher and play with more balls, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyways, um, where and what are you doing now? I guess you're, you're in castle and are you, you're coaching kids now, right? Cause I love coaching. Yeah. So like, you know, how hockey is here in, in Europe, in Germany, there's, there isn't any ice. Like once the season is over, they take out the ice and that's it. You know, you do, uh, so you do summer training, you go to the rink, meet up with the teams and, and you just run them through some workouts and they play stick floor hockey uh but luckily we have a small little rink here it's around 15 20 minutes away and so i still get to go out and and work with the goalies uh mostly on the weekend the kids are still is in it like here. in a like a little almost like a shed type deal like it's like in a li- little building and it's just like maybe not even a third of a rink uh, it, it was an old uh, tennis hall, an old tennis hall. Okay. And this rushing, this, so it's the, the offensive zone and the D zone are almost the normal size, but the neutral zone is tiny. But uh, you had this rushing guy during when Corona happened and all the rinks were closed down. He he's like, screw it. He bought this, bought this tennis hall and he put up this rink and he's, you get has it going year round. There's people from people from all over Germany come because there's no the, other uh, ice. Exactly, they come on the weekends. They bring their trailer, their campers, and they just camp out in the parking lot. And their kids skate four or five hours a day. I mean, um, so well, it's good. Spe- speaking of yeah, having ice in the summer is I I don't normally uh, promote my ten year old skating in July. But I mean, we had an opportunity here that um, we're skating in July right now is uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I used to skate with him back in 2014-15. Hadn't skated with him since. The only time I'd really seen him was when they he brought the cup back to that arena. I brought my family, stood in line with everybody else, got the family photo with him with all the trophies he had won. But I had skated with him a few years before that. And and then I saw him last summer with Doughty and they're out there just the two of them. And the way we had met was I was out on that ice skating by myself and it was so miserable. It was so boring. I didn't know what to do when I was out on the ice. And then eight years later, he's got no one to skate with. He has no one with my skill set that can move pucks where he needs them. So I just reached out to him. I'm like, Hey man, if you need a guy to move pucks and put them where you want and help you with do stuff, I'm 30 minutes away. And it's worked out great. I've been out there twice. The first day we went one-on-one for an hour and a half of just do, working on stuff, doing skill stuff. And he, I, I said I wanted to learn for coaching these kids next year. And he was explaining why we were doing each drill, what he was working on. And he was saying he works with Adam Oates and telling me what kind of techniques they work on and stuff. And like, I learned a lot in an hour and a half working with him. And uh, then the next day he was nice enough to let my kid come out. And to see like a future Hall of Famer and your 10-year-old doing drills together, I tell you, that's a win for a dad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's an incredible experience for your son. And that's for me, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool. I'm such a super fan. Yeah. What what a jock yeah. stiffer I am. <laughs> uh, I try but, not to do that. But then <laughs> what's cool is like how 
the, like I came back here and started the real world, started a job, started sitting at an office for 40 hours a week. And I had a very hard time with it, a very difficult time. And then I've worked my way up that like, now I'm like the coach of the team. And I feel like I'm running a team kind of like hockey. And, um, when I told our CEO about this opportunity and I said, he's only here for another week or two, but like he's skating in the middle of the day and he's like, I'll get you back. He He's like, you'll owe me a favor. Now, when I ask you to do something, I'll just bring up O'Reilly. And he's like, you go ahead. So like tomorrow, middle of the day, my company is fully aware. I am going to help Ryan O'Reilly and they're good with that. And it means the world. So then when they ask me to jump, I'll say, well, how high do you want me to jump? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's unreal. And that's people helping people and they know I got their back and they got my back. So it's all good. Right. That's how that's hockey. Right. That's yeah, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, coaching's fun though, eh? And you're doing that with goalies mainly? Yeah, yeah. Mostly the the youth, uh the youth program here. I'm the goalie coach. So during the season, it's Monday, Tuesdays. I have uh goalie sessions, like two different goalie sessions. And then on uh like Wednesdays, Thursdays, I'll go out with the under twenty team or the under seventeen team. But I also like to I, – I also work with my son's team with the U7s. Um, just they're so fun. Oh, yeah. You know, like they make me smile. Like And and I know German, but I'm not fluent. And Do you can speak and I'm this in Deutsch? I'm this in. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I for this and feel, but I can speak and I'm this in auch. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the toughest – it's so hard to learn. And I didn't – I – really didn't start learning and like doing it until like a over a year ago it's been like a year of me every day sitting down 20 minutes german yeah because yeah. i finally realized i think that this is home for us at least at least until my son can go play like triple a hockey when he's like 14 and is he a know. player is he a goalie i he's going to end up a goalie i think he like I right now, my dad told me when I'm the best skater, that's when I can go into the net. So that's what I'm preaching to him. So, but I I think he's going to be a goalie. Like, like, yeah. Right now in the summer, he's outside kicking the soccer ball, but in the winter time, I'm shooting pucks at him in the house. You know, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want to do anything else but play goalie. So right, yeah, and you know, dads know what their kids want to. <laughs> yeah, and and I could see. Like I, I coach the, there's a couple U seven goalies. I watch them. And then I watch my son yeah. in the house and I'm like, okay, you're already better than those little guys. And yeah. you're not even, so I know it's coming. It's coming. Mm -hmm. I'm prepared. We've got all the gear already. He's got all the gear. So um, just well, a matter of time. Speaking of all that, as I got, what we should talk about though is in Germany after games, after wins, like you got to, you've been able to take your kids out on the ice. I've seen pictures of it. We had never met, but when I see dads out on the ice with their kids after wins, it's like, that's the stuff I cherish from my career. You know? Absolutely. That's uh, since the day I came over here and, and I had my daughter in Bremerhaven, she was God, not even three months old and she was on the ice. And I, I still have the picture framed in my living room. Uh, yep. her, her first time on the ice and now like 
they live for that. You know, they live for the Friday night win and they stay, they stay up late and they get to go on the ice and they waving to all the people. They, and how old are they now? My daughter just turned eight and my son is five. He'll be six in November. So it's nice that you're still playing and that that they'll probably be able to remember that because for my kids, my daughter was too young when my knee went and my son, we moved back when he was three. So like the odd time he'll have like a flash and be like, Hey, was it like this in Cardiff? But like what's neat about all the technology and all the shit is there is some good out of it um, is the memories you get. Like people put on YouTube videos of my son ripping around on the Cardiff ice after wins. And now that we still have that and it's still out there and I can show him what it was like, um, it, you wouldn't be able to remember it if you don't have the videos and stuff. Right. For sure. But your kids will remember it. They're old enough. And like, isn't it weird? Some of the shit you do after wins in Germany, you ever had done the snake where you got to hold on to the guy's heels in front of you. And then you, you go on your hands and knees. It's It's, like, yeah, I find that one weird. I didn't like, I don't like that one. It's almost like the fans are bullying you into acting like donkeys. Yeah. I this year I didn't partake in in, in the caterpillar at all. Not this year. I never wanted Being to. The, oldest, I, the cat yeah. the caterpillar. That's what I guess it's called. It is so stupid. Yeah. Stop making uh, it. Stop making hockey <laughs> players do that, Germany. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like yeah. it's interesting all the memories that come back because then we, we ended up winning a beating high, but um, actually I was so pissed off with how it all ended with beating him. I had never watched the videos of us winning and stuff since the year we had won it. Uh, bad taste in my mouth. Right. And then now that I've talked all this out and I feel better about everything. And I, I now, I guess, happy with my accomplishments instead of the alternative of being pissed off about everything. Um, I saw after we won, like we win the championship in Germany and we got a real trophy we could be skating around with and we're doing the flipping caterpillar. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's Ugh. yeah, but it's but it's the the fans here in Europe in general they're they're the best. Like it's they, just the, when you're winning, they're the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, when you're losing, I I mean I went twenty two and seven last year, and I was still getting you know like chirped on Facebook <laughs> if we when we would lose. You know, I'm too old. They, they take I, every I they to... take every loss seriously. It's like yeah, I see it yeah. now with the Cardiff Devils. Like um, when I went there, they were not a big budget team and they didn't have I don't know what the word is now. Um, the culture of they have to win every game. Um, now they lose a game and you see what people post about players and people. And you're like, you realize he might read that eh? you donkey. <laughs> like, why would you write that about anybody? I thought you were a fan, <laughs> you know? understand that's the the one thing about this business is they don't understand we are people yeah you know like and, and they don't understand like- that happy hockey players play better if they're enjoying going to the rink and they have a smile on their face and they think the fans have their back they're gonna play better for you instead of getting chirped and getting pissed off and then you go out there and you just aren't in the flow of things because you're like well these fans don't even have my back i'm not even wanted here and it's just a whole different thing right one thing I will teach my son, like it's mentally, it's one of the hardest things as a hockey player, you know, like having to deal with the outside noise of people 
bashing you and thinking you're not good enough because it makes you think you're not good enough. And yeah. And if you don't think you can win, you can't win. Right. Yeah, for sure. The, the mental side of the game was the part I was probably lacking the most when I got to pro hockey. Um, yeah. I had never been on a fourth line. I had never been a healthy scratch. I had never not played all games, sitting there waiting for a shift, looking up the coach. Like, am I ever going to go out there? I had never been through any of that. And when it happened to me, when I got to the AHL, I did not adapt at all. Really. I was like, well, what, I guess if this is what they want me to do, I'll just go out and fight someone. And it's like, well, you're not a fighter. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, it's tough, tough to transition from being the star. And, and I dealt with it going to Western because I didn't really do my homework when I went to Western. I didn't know Riley Guild had just come in and became a stud for the program. Right. I didn't know that. And I came in and I, my first three years at Western, I played You're maybe 25 up. games. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how to handle it. And so I partied. It was like when we went to Western Michigan and like, I don't know. I, I did everything I could for that program. I, I played as hard as I could every single game. And then like when they would, it was, I don't know what it got like. Cause you were there when the coaching change happened my senior year, it was going to the rink was the worst part of our days and hockey players should be going to the rink thinking that's the most fun time of the day. My freshman year, we were actually a decent team, and I'm pretty sure we made playoffs that year, so it was okay. Second year comes around, and we were we were in a tough spot, like we were real bad. Then my my junior year, we were the probably the worst team in all of college hockey, and it was miserable. Oh, absolutely miserable. Yeah. I. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we finished, I think, 11th out of 12 my senior year. And um, it's tough, like, because winning and being in finals and going deep, it it gives people opportunities. It gets people places. And it's like those teams that suck. Nobody goes anywhere. And to see what Broncos are doing nowadays, like, there's like four or five of them signing show deals every year. And to think about it, you see freshman signing, you see sophomore signing, and I know their coaches now have their back and are trying to promote them because they'll bring in another guy and do the same thing with the next guy. Where when I was there, and I try not to say negative things, but I was leading the nation in scoring coming up to Christmas. And they instructed me to not get a family advisor, an agent to help me. And I listened to my coaches and it was, and then come the end of the season, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I waiting? And then I finally go with the guy I should have gone with. And he says, well, nobody's been coming out to watch you. Nobody's been checking you out because you never had an agent getting them to. And he's like, it's kind of late now, but um, it's interesting. Like when coaches try and they want to see people excel and go places and do better instead of keeping you there for themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that that completely changed when when Callahan got fired. Completely it changed. Completely, well, you see what yeah. they're doing now, and you see all these guys going places, and man, it's just a factory now of guys doing shit. <laughs> it's, it's sick. I, I wish that 
because uh, I think this weekend is the alum weekend, right? I have I've never been, and I've just heard the craziest stories. Well, and I I I think our, my whole class is ready to go back. I'm over it all. I and like for the my the assistant coaches I had, Brooksy and Kenner, they always had my back. They were always trying to help me get to the next level. I need to go back. I loved Western Michigan. I need to go back, and I need to get my whole class to come back and do it together. And I think it would be legendary because. <laughs> I like. I don't know yeah. if you know what we were like or if you heard about us, but we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, I. If if you guys were anything like Chris Frank and 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 Weaves Weaver, <laughs> yeah, may he rest in peace. But uh, yeah, we yeah. trade those guys. <laughs> then I can only imagine how you guys were then because uh, i got i got to west my my uh first day at western we go down to frat village and chris frank's running around frat village with his shirt off fighting everyone i was like where am i it's wild okay wild. i was i wasn't fighting anybody i don't promote that stuff but frank the tank could get carried away oh uh, what but beauty. like it's for me and that's i think why i I've, i guess i've always liked coaching and helping people and see people go do cool things and become shed guys was when i was a senior and they kind of give you those freshies and say you're here to kind of mold them and help them like i took that to heart and i tried to teach those guys how to hockey <laughs> on and off the ice <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, good, good time it was a good time yeah <laughs> Uh, did you guys get to do a, when you got there, did the seniors take you on a trip? Like the whole team go on a team trip together at the start of the year? No trip. No. That's embarrassing. No. Really? No senior trip, eh? Be better. Ansel, Lesperance, Bicycle, right? Were they the seniors? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not good enough, guys. Be better, right? <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in Southgate, Michigan, where exactly is that? My wife's from Trenton downriver. Trenton is uh, five minutes from Southgate. Really? That's where you're from? I, I even go by there uh, the odd time nowadays. Legit. Like uh, Trenton, it borders uh, Southgate. Allen Park borders Southgate. You know, I was right there in the middle. Like it was like a hockey hub. Yeah. Like Andy uh, Green was from there. And yep, was, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, Okay, so yeah, I know exactly where we're talking. So then, how'd you get into hockey? My dad, how'd you become uh, a goalie? Well, so my dad, my dad played hockey growing up, and his stepdad got him into hockey. It was like his real dad. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how, but yeah. my dad got me into it, and I was a forward. I, I was a player for until I was nine, yeah. eight or nine. And I just loved to be the goalie in the basement playing mini sticks. And finally my dad let me go in. And from there, took it from there. I just took, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was pretty good when I was younger, you know, like I played on the, I, you know, you've been pretty I, good the whole time. Yeah. Just, like, just so uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but like for but, me it's interesting well i'll just bring this up because the research team gets hot on a lot of people and i always find goalies an interesting one for me when i try to decipher how and the whys you had well over 
900 save percentage, like every year, um, like well over. And um, there's guys that get shots and go places and get opportunities over and over again, that when you look at their numbers, they're not even good. Like I understand the guy might be six, six and move well, but isn't it about actually stopping the pucks? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You would think so, but it's all, it's all politics too, you know? Well, like, and yeah, like and, and what well, the part I never liked about hockey is like when these NHL scouts see a kid that's 17 and they're like, look at this guy. But that in the next three years, he, he, he stopped getting better and all these other guys kept getting better and you're going to keep going back to that guy over these guys. It doesn't make any sense. I know it's, it's, it sucks. It, it does like, but I, I'm a smaller guy and growing up, I was real small also. And I never, you know, yeah, I never really got that opportunity. Um, and I had a really good junior career in the USHL and I, I went to Western probably at the time, probably wasn't the place I should have went. If I would have done my homework, I probably wouldn't have gone there because just because of Gil being there already. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was three years that I sat on the bench when I had other opportunities. And at I, that age, you got, you want to be playing practice is awesome in college and everybody's really good, but you get to show your shit to people like games yeah yeah and so i i messed up in that in that part not uh not playing not being able to play for my first three years of college and then uh and during that time i didn't get better i got worse for sure you know like i well and it would be it would be mentally too right and like you said you partied but it's like I know what it's like. It's like the pride of you and how bad you want to be a hockey guy and how bad you want to be the guy in net, how bad you want to be playing the games. Like guys in college that get health bombed and aren't playing or backing up, like they take it, they take it so hard because they want to do it so bad. Right. Exactly. And, and growing up, you are the guy on, on the team, you know, like, Yep. before college you're the you're the man before college and then you get there and you have 25 men uh, of the men from their teams yeah together oh yeah so it's when you it, first it get to tough. ncaa like when i first got to the broncos and it's like the first time you get the really nice equipment the really nice sticks everything's so it's better than pro you get everything you could ever imagine and then you get out there and like for me you're I was 18 years old and you get out there with some guys that are 22, 23 years old and they're men and um, everybody can play. (laughs) I remember I I got to school. Number one, when I got to school, I had never really worked out. I was probably 160 pounds soaking wet. And all of a sudden I'm living on my own. I'm, I have an unlimited uh, meal plan. I gained 25 pounds at my freshman year. <laughs> the freshman 25. That's a real thing oh, at the Burnhams. That's a real thing at the Burnhams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I go downstairs and crush uh, French fries with like nacho cheese yeah. all the time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know what's funny yeah. is we had never met and I was just, I was curious what we may talk about. But that cafeteria at the Burnhams, we got to talk about this thing because the cheese sauce <laughs> machine, my roommate, Yance Hole, Reed Yancey, the Yance Hole, he, he had a thing for that cheese machine. I tell you, he, he, he attacked it. 
But they get you up at 6 a.m. and they make you work out like you've never worked out in your life. And they get you to the point of breaking. And then they're like, okay, buffet's over there. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a stop. I just kept going. I, uh, well, and then we we got chatting with the the gals that like ran the kitchen. Then they'd make eggs to order too, right? And, and, um, yeah, there's some, there's some nice things down there. But the freshman 25 was a real thing. And what was weird is how much you'd work out and exercise and you could still get fatter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's a, here's a cutting edge question. Do you have a favorite night of being a Bronco? Yeah. My senior year, we lived at, uh, I think it was called the Arbs, right across, right across the street from campus, the Arboretums. Yeah, and we had our we had the, our uh, senior, yeah. we had our senior party, and and we were the seniors, and it was we planned this huge party. And it started raining, so we got probably four big tarps, and we made this tent, like. It was the craziest party I had. Is that not was ever. Chris Frank's involved in that? Yeah. 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 He brought was that it, up was... when he came on. He brought that party yep. up when he came on. And he, I think he said that you guys were supposed to do a senior trip that weekend and it got canceled because of yeah, rain. Yeah. And that's why yeah. you never had one because I tell you, those trips are some of my favorite things ever in college. Um, we would go camping and all sorts of stuff. And it would be wild. And that would be Frank the Tank doing it when he's a senior for the Freshies, just like we did it for him. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. That was the and And uh, people from, like, people were just stopping and just hanging out. It was the, like, over 200 people coming in and out of there. I remember just sitting around playing beer darts. Oh, yeah. Talk dirty to me. I, Talk dirty to uh, me. Beer darts? <laughs> Do you know yeah, I've guys, never felt more like me than playing beer darts with a bunch of people? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, who was it? Just had a dart right, thrown right into their ankle, and they just got oh. up and walked around like nothing had happened. Oh. So we had something similar happen, but the guy didn't walk around like nothing had happened. Got it was bicycle actually. I think there was an intoxicated gal playing beer darts with us, and she threw a reckless shot and hit him right like in the top of the foot or something. And when he pulled out the dart, <laughs> blood shot like 10 feet in the air. It was <laughs> wild. <laughs> he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> really? I'm oh. pretty sure, yeah. It's, it's something you weren't supposed to, but hey, <laughs> we we were all winning that day. Beer darts actually came to that school. from. Uh, so a guy transferred, Mo, Mike Erickson, transferred from Minnesota to Western Michigan after winning the national championship. He comes over, becomes our captain our senior year, but he brought beer darts with him and it was a game changer, eh? Unreal. Oh, God. So you just get a big pile of natty lights in the middle of yep. the <laughs> <Yeah>. circle. <laughs> God. Ah, uh, oh, that was so... Like, when you talk about going back and doing all over again, a day of beer darts with, um, with bean bags and whatever other kind of yard games you want to play, and you get a whole outside party going on of college people, that is living at its finest. You know what else was really 
awesome at uh, Western was uh, St. Patrick's days. Well, that's because you've just been put out first round every year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Usually they're not supposed to be fun because you're still hockey players. (laughs) Yeah, not at Western. (laughs) No, no. You can run amok because that is the two-week grace period before Jammer is going to jam everybody up. (laughs) When you got put out. Oberon Day? Did you have Oberon Day there? It, uh, when Oberon you were, was a big thing, but I don't remember a day about it. Yeah, they, like Oberon Day, we had Oberon Day, and the, we would go to the grotto at God nine a.m. and they do like, yeah, another fun day. Did you guys I have had a bowl? lot of fun days? We would go bowling, yeah, but we would always go bowling during um, uh, during that Christmas break time. You'd oh. go stay in the hotel. And the, yeah, and then yeah. You, so, so you're staying so at that hotel during the breaks because I remember they back in the Christmas breaks they had us stay in like the other side of Kalamazoo, not that one by the bowling alley. But when we would go there, Mike Jarmuth, who was a, a guy I learned from at White Western Michigan, we would go bowling on Wednesdays and Thursdays at that Holiday Inn Bowling, and it was five dollars pitchers or fifty cent beers or something. <laughs> it was wild. Wednesdays and Thursdays in the spring semester did not get us in shape. <laughs> yeah, you, you would work, you'd work, you work out all week just to, just to party. It's yeah, oh, j- just, yeah, bowling was, that could be, yeah, there's so much fun happened at Western Michigan. And uh, I'm happy that they are the contenders they should be, you know? The special spot. And uh, it's, it's it really awesome is. to see to see like how much, you know, even when Andy Murray got there, like uh, he also did a really great job, you know, but what Pat is doing, he, yeah, guys want to go there, you know, like, that's, and, and that's now, now that's a destination. People are like Western Michigan's the place to go. And coaching matters who your coach is and how they teach people how to hockey. If you're ready for pro hockey, when you get there, it is a much better feeling than not being prepared. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And like when you know how a coach has coached guys and you know the character those kids are going to have, and then they're like pro guys are going to take Fersh's, um, what he says about a player to heart. And like if he promotes players, they're going to go places, you know? It's sure. nice when coaches have your back, you know? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite bar at Western Michigan? See that came after me. I heard the grotto. It is that I think it might be the old tap room. Could be. It's, was it the uh, Y it was, bar before that? No, no. Nope. The Y bar was on the other side of uh like uh those, you know, like it was like a strip mall, right? Where Pita Pit kind was of, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that all so, went up uh, while we were there. That wasn't there when I first got there. Yeah. Yeah. So Grotto was like our apartments were 10 minutes from Grotto and yeah, I oh, I spent a lot of money there. I had my I had my own bar stool there. Really? That's legendary like, stuff. They they like I even when I was playing my senior year Thursday night, I I like mentally if I like was just staying up all night thinking about the game the night before, I was trash. So I would just I would just be a regular student. I would go out on Thursday nights have a couple beers 
sit at grotto till one, go home, sleep, go to pregame skate class, do all that. And I got to know, like I, I was, da I dated a bartender from there. Um, I met a lot of people the, all the bartenders knew who I was. That and, was your spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was my spot. You should have seen the tap room. You would have loved the tap room. It was college hockey at its finest. <laughs> um, you could go there after a win. There'd be a big lineup of people. Well, we just walk right past there. And then you, you would put it down in your card or whatever for the night and have, have your way with the place. And then at the end of the night, there it would be like a $5 church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all it was with Grotto. Honestly, like we, that's hockey. By, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like by the end of my senior year, that's where all the boys went, you know? And even if you were underage, like the bouncers, they were like, yeah, you're good. You're good. It's I nice when got... you can start something for your teammates like that. Right. When yeah. you get to know people and you get to know owners and you have those relationships that like it can carry on with a team or a program for years to come. Right. We've even done it here in castle. Like yeah. uh, there's an Irish pub here. You found a honey hole. Guys... Did you? <laughs> well, the, the, the Irish pub used to be the honey hole. And then uh, like the, they got away from it for, for a few years. And uh, the, the owner is from the UK and he's a really good dude. And the past three years it's been, yeah, it's been the Husky honey hole. Go with them. Sorry, the kids are going for a bike ride. The finding honey holes, that was my favorite part of everywhere I played. Hey, take Zoe. Um, but like when uh you get to a town and you find your own little places, your own little honey holes, and like it could be in Landsuit, you find this little Italian spot, or you find a place for a nice couple beers and bring the a few boys, and you get to know the people that own it, and it 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 makes those towns feel like home, right? And I've, I've done that all around the city, restaurants, bars, all over the place. It's that that's why we feel so comfortable here in Castle. Like my wife, oh, I she know. works, she's been, she's been working at a, a, the best cafe in Castle for the past four years. It's so I go there, you know, I go work out in the summer. I go work out with Marco. We have our own gym, like little gym here. We work out and then I go have lunch at the cafe pay like five euros for a meal you know like i i do know i know exactly what you're talking about because i i think that's why i was so butthurt when i got was told to kindly leave germany was i loved it there so much i loved playing hockey in germany it made hockey fun again going and doing those things when you finish a practice it's like well this is living you're outdoors eating great food it doesn't cost that much like it's it's as fun as hockey gets <laughs> I know it's, uh, we have a special life, you know, like you, you can't explain how awesome it is to be a professional hockey player. Yeah. You know, there's, there's tough times, but the good times are as good as like, they get. <laughs> yeah. They are. And the experiences I experiences I've had, like, it's, I, I, I still remember it. you you were put, you put up posted something and it was all these sweet photos of the fans and castle. You, that one picture of you, with, like the spotlights down on you and you're looking up. It's like, that's as hockey as a picture gets. And it's something you should cherish. But then you put something like no bad days. And I just wrote, wait till it's over. You're going to need a shed. 
because when it ended for me, like it ended, I was living that life and every day was a good day for living. And then I, you leave practice and you go for lunch and a beer too with your buddies, your brothers, and you go to battle every weekend and it, it was so much fun. And then when it ended, you, you lose your identity, you lose who you are. And then you go sit in an office as the fourth liner um, for 40 hours a week. And it's just, it wasn't fun. Nothing was fun. And I didn't even have any of those people around and it makes you cherish what you had, you know? So you should appreciate it while you're still doing it. Yeah. And I get, when you talk about like when it's over, like I get goosebumps because I know it's coming. But it doesn't have to be over for you because you're getting into the coaching. And I know in Germany, people can, that can be your job in Germany. You can get paid to be a minor hockey coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're still in the game. You're still part of it. It's not the same, but it's, you're still in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, it it makes, I'm scared shitless, to be honest, of of the future. It's honestly, I was too. I, you're. You're hitting home there because I remember I did the MBA in Cardiff and then it was so busy with kids and doing the masters in a year. We were like, let's play one more year for fun and enjoy being a hockey player for one year with the kids before we shut it down. And it was like the thought of like, is this act? If my knee wouldn't have gone, I don't think there's any chance in the world I would have actually stopped playing because you can keep doing it. They're going to pay you more to be a hockey player than the alternative. And it's tough because the further you go down that road, it does have to come to an end someday. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it makes it harder to quit. The more you go and, and the right? deeper you get into it. And then all your buddies at home that have started their careers in their mid twenties and are now like way up there in their companies. And then you're like, well, what the f- am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's scary. I don't, I, well, if like, you have a passion for the coaching and you seem like the hockey guy, I know I would just dive right into the coaching and see if you can, you can lock down one of those spots that like you're coaching the kids in castle and make that your job. Right. Cause that, for me, if I could get paid coaching kids, it's like, that's what I love to do. That's what my passion is. Teaching them how to be little shed guys and shed gals is like there there's moments where you, you see them interact with each other and you're like, you guys are good teammates now. You guys love each other now. You guys would do anything for each other now. And when you see it happen, you're like, that's the best thing ever to think you could get paid to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know? It's yeah. It just, for me, it's just, it, it's, it makes me nervous. Cause I, yeah, I don't know, you know, being and, and being over in a, different country i know that i could go home and i could start coaching and i could start making money right away like uh like like um you know my best buddy cody lample he his partner yeah uh his partner zaba like he's messaged me quite a few times like hey when when you're ready come home come home you have a job you know so and that's awesome to have opportunities right yeah for sure so yeah Uh, it's just but it's it it's uh it's the way one person put it for me when it was this was a fellow that was like playing in the Southern Pro League that then didn't have a contract anymore and he was telling me about the day 
he was standing there at his car when he was been released and then hockey was officially over for him. And he was like the anxiety that comes with it. It comes at a different stage of everybody's life. I always say people play hockey for as long as how good they are. The better you are, the longer you're going to play because you're still going to get opportunities that make sense to do it. And um, it's, it's a very, very hard time in life. When I was on the plane back from Germany to Canada with two little kids, an American wife that can't work in Canada, no work experience, no job. And it was, it was like, so game on, you know, <laughs> it was as <clears throat> big of a cliffs ever looked to climb. <laughs> yeah. And you have all that pressure too, right? Because you have your wife and your kids and you have to take care of them. Yeah. And, and you've been living the life we've been living and you've been giving them all these incredible opportunities in life. And then all of a sudden it stops <laughs> and, and then you got to do something else. And it's, but, but then you climb that hill and then, you know, and you're going to do awesome at whatever you do, because I think if you can become world-class at one thing, you can at the next thing, then there's a day. It could be seven years later where like, you know, you're doing a good job and they appreciate you that you can say, Hey, I want to go help Ryan O'Reilly Tuesday at one o'clock, you know, and sorry, I'm going. And they let you. (laughs) And then, you know, that you're out the other side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've really done well for yourself after your career. Well, well, it's, I don't know about that. It's like, it's, it took a long time. There's a lot of grind and there was a lot of, there was a lot of tough days. There was a lot of, if you look at pictures of me, when I first came back, those first couple of years, I was a fat, depressed mess. So uh, it took a while, but we got there. All that matters is the end, right? Right. And you just got to keep grinding, right? Hockey guys know how to do it. It's like if you got through jammers workouts like I did, (laughs) we could get through anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Those shuttle runs and two-mile runs. Oh, God. Did you have to do the two-mile in 12 minutes? Yes. Did you do it? Oh. My senior year, they made the shuttle runs. You had to pass six shuttle runs in a a certain time, each shuttle run. And I had to do it until I got all six done. And I'll never forget this. Um, Derek Rail, who didn't have to wake up at 6 a.m. to run these shuttle runs with me, him and Kyle O'Kane, they came and they ran them with me. And I, and I you finally remember made them. You remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. When people yeah. do and that that's, for each other, you remember that shit, right? And that's what I'm, that's why I bring up Derek because, you know, like I, I won't talk to him for a month, but then I'll call him and we'll, and we'll talk for, we could talk for an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. And even my wife, my wife and the kids went home in October and immediately they went, uh, my wife went and saw them, uh, like at, you so know, like, family. so their family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a great guy and and I see he like he, I find people play hockey like their personalities. I played against him in the UK. He was a gritty grinder, worked hard, good teammate, do anything for the team. And it sounds like that's what he was like off the ice too and I always find people are like that. Now 
I see what he's doing now, you know, from the social media stuff, because he came on and like, he's still giving her, he's still got a better work ethic than the rest. And like, he's doing the tiling stuff, running amok and he's doing great. And, and he's coaching triple a right. And running amok. One of the best teams in in the country. Yeah. At that. So yeah. yeah, Yeah. Winners win. (laughs) Right. And when he gets up to do stuff like that, then you know what type of dude he is. Right. Um, okay. So the, what was the biggest change though, when the coaching change happened at Western Michigan? In itself, like it it was, it was done. Like Blaschel came in and said that it's enough. Like we're done losing you guys. This program has lost too much. (laughs) And if, if you don't want to win and do the things to win, yeah, then hit the door. And there was a few guys that they had to go and uh, yeah. Like, God, I remember like. You guys went from like last to first in like a year, like literally with the same recruits. And it was like, for me, I didn't know everything there is to know about coaching. I'm trying to learn every day right now and be the best coach I can be. Cause I do think I'm better at coaching than I was at playing. I think I'm better at bringing a team together, getting people to buy in for each other. I think I have the same, same skill set as a player that now I have more, I have more control as a coach and I have more confidence as a person. Cause I've been through all the stuff we've talked about, but like coaching matters. And um, when you see a guy take a last place team and you have three years, the same players that someone else recruited, you didn't even pick them and you come in and change it like that. That's a special dude that did that. <laughs> right. Definitely. I mean, the, the guys we had there were the right guys for, for the, the culture change, you know, because we were sick of losing and they wanted to win. And he just got the best out of everyone and pushed, he pushed everyone, but he also brought in a couple freshmen that Colhane didn't bring in. Like I'm pretty sure Danny DeKaiser was a late, uh, late recruit. We had Luke with Witowski. And that guy looks like a gamer too. Matt Tennyson. Those three, those three freshmen D came in and were our top, our top demons. You know, like, uh, so, but it was Blash. He, he, him and Bershey, they, they just, I remember the opportunity. I was the number one from the start and I shit the bed the first weekend. And I, I was starting to do the woe me. And that's when Fersh like got on my ass. And I remember after practice, Flash was like, meet me, meet me in the bike room. I was like, okay. And he said, I don't, we're not getting off this bike until you have two sweat puddles on the ground next to you. And we are going to do this every day. And then, and what do I do after every practice now? I ride the bike. Like it's still engraved in me now, you know, like, yeah, he, he taught me how, how to be a pro and how, how to be to- a winner. Exactly. How to be a winner. So learning how to be a winner is like, yeah, it's a thing. Um, And what's, what was weird for me was I knew what it was about. I had done it before I got to Western Michigan. And then when I saw 
like when I got recruited there, they were ranked in like the top 10 in the country. And then they went for a second half nosedive. The next year wasn't that good. And then I roll into town and I watched a program. They we, we didn't get better while I was there. And then to think of that on my watch, it's like, that's embarrassing as a guy. But then when I look back on it, it's like, well, I did everything I possibly could. I mean, I don't, when you're not in control and you, you, you don't, you don't build the culture. I could build the culture away from the rink and I could get the guys to buy into each other and be a team away from the rink, but I could go to the rink. I got to listen to the coach. I got to do whatever they say. And I got to play as hard as I can, but I don't, we like Frank, the tank rolls into town and like, he's a, he's tough and he's mean and he plays hard and he takes penalties every time they considered it a stupid penalty, which was up to the coaches. They decided which penalties were bad. We would skate a lightning for every one. And then that player that took it would also skate a lightning in front of the whole team. And that would be our, be our Tuesday practice was it? we'd have puke buckets on the ice and it was not, I would have done things differently. Yeah. 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 It's that's old school. I mean, that's old school mentality. Number one. And number two, that's why he wasn't very successful. Right. But like, and he did do a lot for me. And I mean, he yeah, played yeah. me in every position. And um, I mean, <laughs> there's a time where on a five on three that the other guy up top wasn't allowed to shoot. <laughs> he was only allowed to pass. <laughs> it's like, well, that's cool. So I'm the only one allowed to shoot on a five on three. Okay. <laughs> I'm into that's, it. <laughs> hey, but that's why you were leading the leading the nation in points so that's right why. so like i i can't say all negative things right yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so you you did one year at starting your senior year and you you, you said you nosedived the first weekend but then he helped you out you get through it and like i saw your numbers i saw what you did and you were the goalie for the team that went from last to first right yeah mm-hmm. and- I was like big man on campus. It was fun. Be a big man. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was one of the best years of my life. Like I was. I couldn't imagine winning all the time at Western Michigan and being the man on campus. That would be something. Like, you know, like they're chanting your name at at Lawson. Right. It was, you know, like I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, and then. And those Lawson lunatics are something, aren't they? I remember uh we we won uh our our playoff round against Ferris State at Lawson and just I remember in overtime double overtime I think we won to go to the Joe and I just remember the Lawson lunatics full and just it was our last as seniors our last game at Lawson and the crowd just stayed there and we just sat like stood there in the middle of the arena but then the fact that I got to go home to Joe Lewis Arena and play in, in front of all those fans against Michigan yeah. at the Joe, Paul, that was something else too. <laughs> it would that, be. That, that year, just it was like a, a dream, to be honest. And going to the na- national tournament for the first time in 15 years or whatever it was, it was just out of control. It's like, I literally can't imagine because I have a picture of me with my classmates, our last game at Western Michigan. 
and it looks like someone just shot her dog. Um, we're all off to the side, like crying because we know it's over and we all love each other, but we probably just lost another game. Uh, one of my brothers for the four years has been health bombed on a senior night when we're in 11th place. And it's like winning is the exact opposite of losing. And it, it's not just at the rink. It's the way you walk around campus. It's the way you eat your food. It's the, it's life is so much better for a hockey guy when you've won your last game. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like it was, Oh God, I still think about it, you know, like just the time we had and we were so close and, Oh, it was, what a time. And so you guys were from last to finishing first or whatever it was, you guys went to the finals of the CCHA, right? I remember watching it at my, I was in, I would have been near Trenton. I remember watching Western Michigan play in the finals the first year with a new coach. And I was just, I, I, I was proud of the school I had been to, but also really jealous. (laughs) And you know what? I was really jealous the next year when they won the CCHA championship. I right. was super jealous when they did that the next year. But I knew, like, I was proud of what I had done at school at the school because I helped change a uh, university. Yeah. And to this day, I, I am a part of that. And, right. and my class and that whole group it, of guys. Yeah. It's true, though, because it's like, Winning gets people places. You go different places. Learning how to be a winner is a thing. And it's like when me and my roommates get back together, a lot of pretty much all of them were out of the sport pretty soon after. Um, And then you see these other guys and you see when they have a reunion as a class, they're getting like private jets to go golfing in places I've never (laughs) been to in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What a joke. You know, <laughs> okay. Better keep going, or we're gonna be here all day. Eh? Sorry about this. I like talking to you. Can I, I just can I, you. can I take a, a one minute break? I gotta I, grab a I, water. You better. Game back on. Um, but anyways, yeah, I find it neat where the Broncos are these days. I wasn't a part of the turnaround, but it's like Chris Frank said when he came on. It's like you got to thank the people before you. And I never really thought about that way that like the way we treated our freshmen as seniors is then they tried to do that the same way and pay it back. And it's like to hear your favorite night at Western Michigan is Chris Frank and the fellows trying to make a legendary epic party for the freshmen. That was exactly what we tried to do for them. Yeah. And I, What a time that was. We didn't make our mark on the ice. We made it off the ice. <laughs> but it passed on. So Right. And I bet you Broncos are still having a time. <laughs> For sure. But yep. the game's changed. Right. I know that has. It you know, has. Big time. So I know. I couldn't it, I couldn't imagine like now going to school. Like it's probably a little more professional, you know, like yeah, it's just about the hockey. Yeah. It's just about but, the hockey. It's not about all the other fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure if I've done talk about the Burnhams, but you've gotten into a lot of stuff. I I haven't heard a love story in a while. Where did you and the gal meet now that she's living with you in Deutschland? At school. Really? 
but it so, wasn't at the Burnham's breeding grounds, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. She's she's four years younger than me, or got maybe even more. Hi. What are you doing? In there? What What's are you your doing name? That's my daughter Andy. She's getting ready for the bath. So. Oh, nice. Um. um no, so, your kids' German's got to be pretty good too, eh? Uh, they're fluent. Right. Fluent yeah, they'd it's, be perfect. Yeah, my daughter. Well, my daughter's in the first grade, so yeah, she's growing up there. School. Yeah, um, but back, yeah, back to my my wife. I met her. Uh, I mean, I met her when she like partied next to our neighbors, and the first time I ever met her, she was the drunkest girl in the apartment dancing on the bar. Yeah, that can happen like, at Waster, well, Michigan. It yeah, can happen yeah. to anybody. And I, was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. And so that was my junior year, I think, I that I met like met her for the first time. Yeah. And then I stayed there all summer at school, and she was there. And I saw her at the pool. But she's from my area, my area, like Is that Down right? River. She's from Al- – yeah, she's from Ellen Park. And I don't know, one day I think I was a creep and I messaged her on Facebook, but then, uh, you know, nothing really happened. And then, uh, I don't know, then my senior year started creeping on her again and on Facebook and she was message like writing on my wall too, or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, one night I, she was got 19 and one night, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm at Grotto. Meet me up there. And she was already drunk and I got her in like through the bouncer. I knew got her in big time, big time play. (laughs) And I ordered her a drink rum vodka or rum and Coke. And I go, here you go. I said, cheers. She took a sip. She's like, you want to go home? I was like, sure, let's go. (laughs) And yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah, sold. That was it. <laughs> so and from there, she- everybody's got different stories of how it all works out because the hockey world's a very strange one. If she would have been at school for a long time after, then you would have been gone and doing other things. And it's so. When do you guys like actually? When does she actually like move with you? The the next year. Um, she she wasn't even going to Western. She was going to KBCC, oh. the community college. Ah. Yeah, and so I t- I signed uh, I signed actually an American League deal with Connecticut, and I said, "Hey, you can come with me. You can go to school online, and come with me if you want." She's like, "Yep, let's go." And, so, and then you uh, so then you went to Idaho, right? Or well, well, I signed with Connecticut. They sent me to Greenville after camp, and I was there with uh, a beauty of a coach not really dean stork and uh yeah he he wasn't my favorite and i think two weeks in to uh the season uh he panicked and brought in a different goalie and i knew he was doing that and he was really known for sending american league guys uh down to the central league and i said no chance am i doing that so i called um Hardy Sauter, who was the coach in Idaho, who I had the year before at the end. Yeah. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm about to get reassigned to the central league. You guys need a goalie. 
Hardy's yep. like, yep. Yep. And he, he's like, how soon can you be here? And legit, we, Amanda and I went home uh, to our apartment, packed up our car. I had a Ford Fusion. We packed it with everything. And drove gone. Across, uh, gone. That's how and, it works in hockey. When it's time to go, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we, we scooted out of there and we went to Idaho, which unreal. Boise is. Oh, oh let's, let's, let's talk about Boise, but that's what I'm curious about then. So your senior year, you run a muck, you go to the finals, lose a heartbreaker. So what you, you do leave your senior year. So I did too. I did it wrong. I didn't do it right. I should have been better. When you look back on it, I didn't know what all I was getting into, but we basically gave her after losing for a while for some days because um, our four years were over and I thought I'd be heading out for pro right away. And then it just kept not happening. And then all of a sudden it's been yeah. two weeks. I haven't skated, haven't been doing things right. And then all of a sudden I'm going to the biggest trial of my life and I've been having a time with my Broncos for a while. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so what are your pro options that when you're leaving senior year, like you do to go to Idaho and I looked at the roster. They had three different goalies that played 20 games apiece, but you went right in there and took the starting job. <laughs> so we ended up losing uh, the national championship game, uh, in, uh, not national, in the national championship tournament. Uh, the Like uh, first, first game of the tournament, triple OT heartbreaker to Denver. We're driving back uh, from, from Green Bay. It was in Green Bay. We're driving back and my phone rang the whole time from, from I, my options, from options. (laughs) And I, all I was thinking about was getting back home to Oberon day and, and, and the senior trip that the us seniors had like planned, like rent a, a big camper and drive all across the USA that's all that was in my mind. I wasn't thinking about going to play pro, anything like that. Well, then, Oberon Day, I'm in the bag. Like, yes, I believe they so, call it the pocket now. <laughs> and uh, Hardy Sauter from Idaho calls me. He's like, hey, Jerry, we'd really like you to come. You'll play right away. We're going to make playoffs. You can play in playoffs. It'll be really good for the start of your pro career. Yeah. I said, okay, when do I leave? He said, tomorrow morning. Well, I stayed out until like 1.30 in the morning, <laughs> lost my phone. Yeah. My wife, my who was my girlfriend at the time, had to run me around, drive me to Detroit airport. I get to Idaho at like 11.30 in the, uh, 11.30 at night the next day. And, uh, then the next morning, I show up. I, I'm bringing my bag into the locker room while they're packing the next the other goalie's gear into his bag. And yeah. I was like, oh, he was asked my to God. kindly leave. Then you learn what pro hockey is all about. Eh? Yeah. And and that's that was the start of my pro career. And right away, I played. I remember my first game that night. We were playing uh, Victoria. We were we were tied two two after one, and Hardy saw it. And uh, Tyler Ludwig, who I played with at Western, was in Boise at the time, so I knew I knew him. And I'm pretty sure so I Hardy, was a part of his recruiting trip. <laughs> yeah, 
So Hardy, Hardy Sauter comes in and he's like, well, uh, you know, we're having a good game. Our, my first game as a pro, our goalie's got to make a couple be- uh, couple big saves and we'd be up 2 nothing right now. And it's my first pro game. And I'm like, oh, my God, this coach is calling me out. Like in front of the my squad. first game. Yeah. Then Ludzi comes over. He's like, hey, he does that all the time. Just go out there. Just do what you do. Ended up winning the game 5-2. Didn't, didn't sit on the bench the rest of the – yeah, it was – And you were then, right into it. Yeah, well, your numbers I, are wild to, to start there. I didn't write down – it was three regular season games, but the uh-huh. numbers were sparkling. And then you get right into the playoffs. Nine playoff games played with a 937 save percentage. That's what you need out of a goalie. Right? Well, what helped me was we twice in Las Vegas – we went to triple overtimes with, against Vegas. Mm. So that really helped. That padded my stats really good. But, well, that's because um, you kept stopping the puck. <laughs> yeah. Or the so game would over. <laughs> so we, crazy story. So we end up losing to Alaska in the in the conference semis, right? We lost, I think, 4-1. They eventually won the championship. But so we lost and I was like, kind of happy you know like i was secretly happy i got to go back back to school mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get to party yep be part of the but like when when your class and your brothers for those four years you're all done at the same time and it all is coming to an end and life is going to get in the way life is going to go different places people are moving home people are getting jobs that time after your senior year is special to all be together yeah, and I didn't get that because I went home. I should have I either not home. gone to the AHL at all or I should have gone right away. <laughs> <laughs> I went home or I, I, I went back. I had one test to graduate. I took the test. Then it was Easter break. Yep, Easter break. I go home for Easter break, getting ready to go back up to Kalamazoo to to, to party. Yep. Andy Andy Murray from the Ottawa Senators calls me. And this isn't on elite prospects, but I got called. I was called up to uh, Binghamton to to be a black ace, and uh, that's the year they won the championship. And you were there for so it. I, well, I was there. I was there for a month, for a month of the run, but I I I couldn't do it. I mentally, yeah. I just needed. I needed to go home. Yeah, I, I needed to go back to school. Yeah. And that was a big, a big mistake on my part because I left, I left like without like, yeah, they ended up winning the championship and, 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 yeah. and I left. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I do understand what you mean though. And it is so hard for me when I left my senior year and you've heard all this about making pro hockey and getting so close to the NHL and you just had your four years at Western Michigan and it was the best time of your life. And then you get to pro and you're with guys from all over the world and different backgrounds. You're living in a hotel with a different guy every week. There's guys yeah. moving in and out from different colleges or different pro teams getting traded. And you just went from having brothers that you do everything for anything in the world you do for them. And then you get to pro and it's the exact opposite. Everybody's against each other. Everybody's fighting for the same spots nobody really gives a shit about each other. They're, they're in it for themselves is what I found. And 
I missed my friends so much that I had a very difficult time enjoying my time. Yeah. And that's how I was in Binghamton. Especially as a, a black hotel. ace, you wouldn't even be playing, right? Yeah. Basically, I was right. a black ace for the Syracuse Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but when they got to the playoffs, they asked me to kindly leave. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you're right, though. That's a good opportunity, and it gets you on the ice in front of that organization. Right. And they get to know you as a person, and you build those relationships. And then, yeah, when you leave, then they're probably thinking, well, this guy doesn't yeah. want it. Yep. And that, I think that hurt me because like, uh, but at the same time, when Andy Murray called me, Jeff Blaschel also, he said, Hey, you're not going to be black acing. Uh, Mike Berger is injured. Barry Bruss is injured. You're going to be sitting on the bench behind Robin Lehner. And I was like, okay. And Blaschel was like, Jerry, this is a huge opportunity. You need to take it. So I got there expecting to be backing up Robin Lehner. Well, nope. I got put into a little closet next to Barry Brust and five other black aces, Casper Dogvis nailing me right in the middle of the forehead, breaking my mask. And I just, I, yeah, yeah, I was depleted. I was depleted. I wanted to go home, miss the boys. And it's the, it's the mental side of the game that like when you, it's like when I I was a pretty good college player. I did pretty well. I was at Western Michigan. My team didn't do so well. I did everything I could. And when I got to pro and that stuff started happening to me, there was a time where my stall was in the shower and I was like, well, yeah. I know I'm not a part of this. I know I'm not on this team. And then the team I have been on for four years and all those guys are back there doing all that stuff. And I'm hearing about it and this isn't fun. And I don't like this, <laughs> you know, it's tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a grind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you got to be ready for it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. uh, yeah, it's tough leaving your buddies from the Broncos, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, anyways, Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Now I had, so you played in castle and Idaho. Well, sir, I don't like those places. So my first two <laughs> years of pro, I lose to Idaho in the finals of the East coast with the Daytona beach bombers of Ohio. And then the next year I lose to the Castle Huskies in the finals of the second league in Germany. So um, it was tough losing and they're both your teams. So way to go. Yeah. Um, but Idaho <laughs> is one of, I didn't know anything about Idaho. I didn't know anything about Boise. I only knew that their college football team had a weird looking field. And then I got yeah. there to play in the finals. And I thought this could be someone's home. This is the one of the best cities I've ever seen in my life anywhere. Yep. yep. And we, that was where we wanted to like settle down. We were like, this is it. This is, this place is unbelievable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's bicycling around with smiles on their faces and sitting on patios, drinking beers and enjoying life. Wild. Yep. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys that played there and, and they make it home. Mitch Wall, Thomas Scholl, goalie. They all live there in Idaho now in Boise. You I know, can see like that. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a spot. It's, yeah. It's, can get and in so, trouble in that one. Yeah. And you played. So I did. <laughs> two, two games at Greenville, and then you moved to Idaho, and you played 58 games for them. So that's 60 regular season games you played that year. Yeah. That's enough. Right? I was, yeah. I think I broke the record for most saves uh, that year. 
Well, that's a lot of games played, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I know you're young, but that's still a lot of games played. I, I don't think they do that to guys anymore, right? Like now, no, goals I, I don't... switch a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that second year, folks, just so everybody knows what kind of gamer we're talking about here, 10 playoff games, 940 save percentage. You don't see the 94 very often, you know? Yeah. Yep, that was another. So what's that second round you got put out, 10 games? Yep. Yep, we played. Uh, we played first round. We played Ontario, I think, and then we lost to uh, Vegas. No, we lost to Alaska again, I think. So after you do so well, your two years in North America, what's the decision process of heading overseas to Slovenia and Olympia Ljubljana? Ljubljana. Um, yeah, honestly. I don't really know what, like I had an agent and he obviously had a partner and he brought it up. He's like, Hey, would you be interested this? in Europe? Yeah. And I was like, actually, yeah. Like, cause I had that, um, the year before, like I play inline hockey. I used to play for the, uh, USA, the USA team. And we would go come over here and play in like Czech and Germany and, and I was like, wow, like, it's pretty cool over here. It sure is. But I never really, I really never thought about playing, like, pro over here. And then, yeah, my agent, like, brought it up. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so then, pretty quick, I got signed in, in Ljubljana, which was in the Austrian league uh, at the time. Yeah. And, but they were, that was, I have some stories there. Like, yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. My second year getting paid uh, in, in brown paper bags. And then I ended up having to leave because I didn't get paid for over three months. Well, I figured something like that went down yeah. because when the research team gets hot and your leading import scorer is sixth on the team and hasn't played very many games, you're like, well, something financially went down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first year was was awesome. Like we fell in love with the city. Our daughter's middle name is Yana for Ljubljana. And we and I had a really good first year in, in Europe for the team we had. Like I was I had a really good year, but I didn't really have many offers. So I re-signed for more money. And we were like, yeah, this is awesome. Really nice apartment. We get there, started off poorly because what I did is I paid for my flight. And I asked them to just put the money in my uh, Slovenian bank account, in my Slovenian bank account. Um, so when I get there, I have some money. I get I get to Slovenia, no money, and minus three thousand five hundred euros. They were taking all the money out, and I I had no idea why. And they I later on I found out that they weren't paying the taxes on my paychecks. So, so they took yeah, it out of so your that, account. Yeah. So then I wasn't getting, uh, I wasn't getting money like into my bank. I was getting money in paper bags. So three months I was, I got paid two months. And then after the second month saw no money for, for 90 days. And it was uh Olympic break, like around February, I think. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm not getting paid. 
And so I end up calling uh, Idaho and Eric Trapp bought me a plane ticket to go from Ljubljana to Munich, Munich to Toronto, Toronto to Boise. Well, I, my wife stayed, uh, like we had a dog at the time. So I plan, I start, I get on the plane, I fly to, to Toronto, but my wife stays with the dog in Ljubljana. They couldn't leave right away. I land in Toronto. I have 10 missed calls. My wife calls me right away. Jerry called, call Gary. You have to call him right away. And I was like, okay, what's wrong? She's like, just call Gary. Who's I call Gary? My agent. Gary's Gary, Gary Saigo. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard. Uh, of him. Yeah. And so I call him. He's like, Jerry, where are you? I was like, Gary, I told you I'm going back to Idaho. Just landed in Toronto. He's like, I have this deal in, in Krefeld in the DEL, like come back. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And so I stayed the night and I flew back and I went to Krefeld. He <laughs> flew all the way over and then turned around and flew yeah, all the way yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. That's so hot. Got, ho- <laughs> got, got a hotel for the night, walked a mile to Tim Hortons, had a Tim Hortons coffee and bagel, went back to the hotel, slept, woke up, right back to Germany. <laughs> but that's a hell of an opportunity to get to the DL. And like, there's only so many, when you think about being a goalie, like for me, I look back on it now and I didn't realize how fortunate I was that there's not that many five foot eight right-handed power play guys, wingers in Europe that there's jobs for. There's not many import spots. They want centermen. They want stud defensemen. Sometimes they want goalies. And to think of having a high-scoring short winger, there's not that many jobs in the world. And for a goalie, to get the NHL, AHL, and then you got the high European leagues, there's not many jobs in the world. And that you got to the DL in Krefeld, like, that's pretty impressive for, you know? Yeah, and I was an import. Right. You weren't a German then. Right. And so they were in second place at the time. They were in second place and they just wanted insurance. And, yeah. you know, in case they're just in case something one. happens. Yeah. So I get there and what happens? Their number one goes down, breaks his thumb. So I ended up playing. Uh, yeah. Two, you played a couple three. few games. Yeah. And did I, well. I played in the regular season and then the 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 goalie came back the, the starter playoffs. yeah and he started uh and he played the first two or three games and we lost and the coach was came up to me on the bus on the way back down to Ingolstadt he's like are you ready to go and I was like what like I I've been the third goalie in practice like I barely get any shots but I've obviously, I don't say, no, yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm ready. So I go into Ingolstadt and 10 minutes in, I'm down three, nothing or four, nothing. Good stuff. <laughs> got yanked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah got yanked. <laughs> Thomas Greilinger's coming down the wing, sniping me high blocker. Yeah. Yeah. That well, was... they don't always go your way. Right. But you're there. And no. you play, yeah. And yeah. you earned your shot. And, um, but then did you not go back? What did you do the next year? Then you went to Italy. 
Sorry. I didn't have it. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a job. Uh, and this was a little on my agent. Like he, I heard he was, yeah, maybe pushing other guys instead of yeah. me places. Yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> and I had no job up until like the first of August. And I went to Brunick and it was probably the best, one of the best moves I could have made because I loved it. And, playing at Brunick in that small little village and yeah, it, it brought back the I, love of hockey and you enjoyed yeah, yeah. it and I, you were getting paid yeah, we, and stuff. <laughs> we were, we won a lot. I had like eight shutouts during the year. Like I was lights out. It was fun. And my wife got pregnant. So like, yeah, it was, it was a good year. Yeah. And, and, and that's like won. one of those mountain towns, right? In Italy. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like if I were at the age of like 32, 33, I would have stayed there and tried to like end my career there for sure. They offered me a three-year like deal, but it was in, it was, they were still in the Italian league and it wasn't the best league. And, and I, uh, I ended up getting a new agent during that year. Uh, David Amanti. Oh yeah, I and, know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a shed guy. He's real, been on. Yeah, he's a real good guy. Great dude, and um, he he got me in contact with Bremerhaven, and he's like, "Hey, you got a German last name?" And boom, yeah, got, a, got my German passport. And and for me, I I like I I do all this voluntarily. I it helps me. I think hockey guys like to get to talk about stuff um i just enjoy it but like david amonti's a guy when you bring him up i don't think i had the best agents that i could have had i don't think i got to the places i could have got to if i had someone really fighting for me and that believed in me um i just never found the really the right fit and it came yeah. down to the very end of my career and i was just had that year in Denmark. I had just done really well. And my mind is shot at how they didn't want me back when we just win a championship and I'm second league in scoring. And like my men mentally, I was just very fatigued. And <laughs> then I heard about the Asian league and I reached out to a buddy that was playing there and I heard good things. I heard good money. I heard it's an experience. And I said, like, do you know how I get over there? How would I do that? And he says, well, almost every player in the league uses David Amonti. And he's like, here's yep. his number. So then I reach out to him and he doesn't know me from anyone else. And he wasn't my agent at the time, but he, he tried for me and he did it because he's a good dude. And he was trying to get me a job and help me out. And still he does the same thing for me and he was never my agent. I wish he would have been because like, he's a gamer. He grinds it out. He knows how he, he knows how to work and he knows the game and he knows people and he knows who are shed guys. And he just texted me the other day and sent me a list of these EIHL players. Cause that's my honey hole in the UK. Yeah. And he's like, this team has this guy, this guy, and this guy that are all my guys. And he's like, these are the guys with personality. These are the guys that'll be fun to interview and that you're going to like. And he's still helping me out just because he's trying to promote his players. He's yep. trying to get them out there and he's also helping me. And it's like people helping people that's hockey, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. David's a good guy. Like, uh, 
nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah. So he was the one that brought up you had a German last name. So how do you get your German pass? Who's German? Uh, like a great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> I thought it had to be grandparents. Yeah. In Bremerhaven, <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's cool, though. So you went there as an import. Um, so you play your year in Italy and then you find this out. I'm glad it worked out for you because I know another fella that had been told things of that nature. And then he went to Whitewater, Vice Fosser. And it didn't quite work out the same way as Bremerhaven, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a tough place to be. <laughs> Vice Flosser? Oh, Beautiful yeah. whitewater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you hear the name in English, Whitewater, Germany, you think, whoa, that must be a nice spot, eh? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but it's actually not, folks. But coolest rink in the world was there, the outdoor yeah, old yeah. school one behind the yeah. one, the one that was old school, old school. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see it? No, I only saw pictures, but like I oh. got like the history. Yeah, know, like that was like the DDR, like stuff yeah, like that. Like Vice Foster played Berlin like eighty times a year. Two teams yeah. <laughs> going at it all year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. There's quite the history when you get traveling around the world, isn't there? Yeah. Uh. Anyways, okay. So you won in Italy too, eh? The Italian Super Cups. So that's probably I'm thinking like the Pokal in Germany or the Challenge yeah, Cup yeah. in the UK. Exactly. Yeah, the year long yeah. tournament type deal. So then, do you yeah. guys win the DL too to get promoted to the DL? No. So what ha- we ended up that year, my first year in Bremerhaven, we were the best team in the league. Like we we were really good, but we had a a, young, a rookie coach that had a little drinking problem, I think. And he ended up getting fired. We ended up getting upset in the first round. Terrible, like, taste in our mouth after the season, you know? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. Losing brings out the worst in people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, I went home that summer and, uh, like, just training and working out. And I actually, because I wasn't making real good money. I was working in a metal fab shop, like a fa- like a family friend so owned it, and I just ran the big steel steel saw and drove the high low around. And then um, I think it was my wife or Lamps, one of them. They called me. They're like, "Dude, we're in the DEL." It's like, "What?" It's like, "Yeah." Did you already have a contract and, for the next year? Yeah, yeah. So I signed a two year deal in Bremerhaven. So, so yeah. So then Hamburg. They the the guy sold the the license from Hamburg to Bremerhaven, and all of a sudden we're in the DEL. Yeah. And so I, I go I go home. I was like, well, that's the DEL. Like this is like that's real. I, yeah, yeah. I I reached my dream playing in the DEL with Krefeld. Like that was my dream, and I got a taste of it. And then I wanted it. Yeah, I wanted it. So yeah, it it. it came to life when with Bremerhaven and I went home that night and I was like, okay, like now I'm in the DEL. I'm not working at the metal fab shop anymore. It's I'm, go I'm, time. I'm a professional. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I started training with my goalie coat. Like I started training three times a week. And so the season started with Rob Liddell, my goalie coach from back home. And I, I, I got to Bremerhaven ready to go. 
but they signed an import goalie. So they have, so I was like the back. Did you have your German pass at this point? Yeah. Yeah. That's why uh, when I got to Bremerhaven, I got my German pass when I got there, but I signed for two years. Oh, you got it right away. eh? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I was a German, but they, you know, like there were no German goalies on the market. So they brought in a, a Finnish goalie and I was the second goalie. I was number two and I was okay with it. I was going to work hard yeah. until my time came. But in the beginning, the first month and a half, my time wasn't coming and we weren't winning. And I was getting frustrated, like really frustrated, like where I wanted to leave. And like, I, I, I remember like being at Cody and uh, Cody and Ellie's house and like me and Cody got in a fight about it. Like, Oh, you don't like, you're going to play. Don't like, you know, like telling me not to be a bitch pretty much and not to leave. And, and I was close, I was close to leaving. And uh, like, I, I had Cody behind me, you know, and I had good buddies behind me and I had a really good goalie coach there who believed in me also very in curse. And he, he, he worked with me every day to make sure I was ready. And he finally pushed me to play. Like he pushed me, pushed me, pushed me to the coach. And the coach finally said, okay, he plays. Yeah. And I played, I played uh, my first game of the year in Ingolstadt. Boom. One. Didn't leave Never the looked back. That. Yeah. Yep. You play, you played a lot of games that year. I saw that. Cause I was like, geez, you became a starter in the DL. Yeah. Um, and uh I was up I was up for goalie of the year that year. Really? Which is yeah. In the DEL was, and you got a German yeah. pass. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. And so and so like I've made a lot of mistakes like in my career and and one of them was Haven't we all? <laughs> I, yeah, and I like I started chasing the money. Yeah. And I signed in Wolfsburg. Um where you could have just became a legend at Bremerhaven. Exactly. Exactly. And I didn't give uh, the, the management the opportunity to even offer me because I was so angry. I took it personally that they didn't play me in the beginning. For that oh, long. I, yeah. 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 yeah I, I do know it. you're a bit competitive like myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I took that, I took that personally and I was like, Nope, I'm out of here. And we signed in Wolfsburg and everyone's like, Oh, why are you signing there? Like the, the year before they lost in the finals and they had a really good goalie, Felix Brookman who was like their number one. And I was like, Hey, I'm used to working. Like I can, I can do this. Yeah. And what, and what did I do again? I battled, took the number one job was up for goalie of the year again. (laughs) Really? Did you ever have sniffs from the national team then? No, no, because they're not too fond of passport guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, I mean, should they be? I I doubt it. I think yeah. they should go with the Germans too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's really cool. And that you I like competitive people. I like showing people they're wrong. And I get yeah, yeah. that you'd be like that when they finally put you in and you would have been like, Hey, been here all year. <laughs> yep. And that's yeah, that's what I did. And so yeah. I had that really good year in Wolfsburg. I it was really good. Yeah. And, uh, and I committed, like, I committed to the organization. I was like, you know what? 
like, we're going to stay here all summer and we're going to, I'm going to train with the strength coach and I'm going to be ready so I can do it again next year. Yeah. And that, that's, that was the start of probably the worst, um, eight, eight months of my life. Is that right? That, yeah. Yeah. Um, I find, summer, I think if you do something like that and you're so committed and you don't get that break from hockey, you don't get to uh, separate yourself and you don't go home and see your friends and do the normal things that you've always done. And then you're like, I'm going to get so into this and you forget about other things. Right. Yeah. And then you're not yeah. as refreshed and ready to rock come the next season. Is that what? But, no, that's, I like, I love being there and like we had this good routine going, but our dog, it started uh, with our dog, our, our dog, she ended up getting cancer in her like mouth. And it like, it was tough for my wife and I, because that was like our first baby, you know? I do. And know. we ended, we had to, we ended up having to put her down mm-hmm. and that was, t- that was really tough. And so we were like, okay, like let's, let's get out of this slump and let's go home. So we, uh, a couple of weeks later, we fly home. It was just going to be a three and three and a half week stint at home. And, uh, we get home and, uh, three days later, my youngest brother died. Uh, I get a call from my dad that my youngest brother had died. So it became <clears throat> an even worse time. Uh, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Jesus. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he yeah. was a drug, drug addict. That and, sucks. That's yeah, it, sucks. It was. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, it, yeah. And, um, I, I always say happy hockey players play the best. And when you're dealing with shit like that, you're not going to play good hockey. But it was my fault because I, I'm a man, right? Wow. And it's no, I, but this is yeah. But, but you, this is this is yeah. how us as men. I I, I do have, know. I have you, a family, yeah. and I I have to be strong. Yeah. And, and I, I have to go and, out there and perform yeah, and yeah. do my job and do the best I can because yeah. So instead instead of being at home to try to forget about putting our dog down, now I'm burying my baby brother. <laughs> and 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 it that so then <laughs> I was like, okay, I gotta get home. I gotta get back to Wolfsburg. I have to I have to get away from this. I have to run away. And that's when you can't run away from anything. Yeah. Like I, I became a terrible hockey player. I became a terrible dad, terrible husband. I was keeping everything in. And finally my wife, she's like, Jerry, you have to go talk to someone. Yeah. You have to do it because yeah. I was at bottom because yeah. I felt a lot of guilt, you know, because I, I had a lot more, opportunities than my brother did you know like I was given more and I know that he needed me and I wasn't there and And I I I had so much guilt it was it was terrible and I yeah yeah and so I finally went and talked to someone and it was 
best thing that could have happened for, for me. And, uh, and it, it didn't help my hockey because we were a bad team that year and I wasn't playing much. And, and it's like something, someone told someone that I needed to change. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, Rico Rossi, who was the shed, sports director at shed guy he's been on and, and I will all forever love this man for getting me out of my dark current and, state of mind. Yeah. And, and he brought me here and, and it became and it, home and yeah. And it was, it was uh, changed my life for sure. Right. You know, like, right. Yeah. Um, Rico is also the one that took me after I left Beatingheim. Yeah. 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 I went to help around with him and uh, did the best I could for him. And um, yeah, he's a good dude. Great dude. The way he treated my, my family. Oh no. Big storm coming. Yeah, the way he treated my family and just brought me in. And unfortunately, he was let go after that year. But I stay in contact with him. And yeah, like if he ever needed a goalie coach or something, I'd, I'd, I'd go go coach work with him in a heartbeat. I, I, um, he, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed playing for him. I always liked him. That's why I had him on this um, because yeah. – I know what it's like in Germany and it's like that coach that never gave you a chance in Bremerhaven that like finally did because people kept pushing them to. It's like yeah. those coaches in Germany, they can get bullied by fans, by the media, by other people of who to play and that them taking a chance on the German pass guy instead of the import. Everybody's going to be like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Right. And it yeah. takes a guy to step up and say, I know what this guy is about. I know who he is and I'll take a chance on him. And when I was getting escorted out of Beatingheim and he's 30 minutes down the road saying, I've watched you play for four years. I want you, man, that can mean a lot to a guy, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's... yeah. But things happen for a reason. Well, and I, you know, I totally get why, that connection with castle, the fans, the town, the community, when you speak of it that way, it makes more sense how yeah. hard this would have been recently that you're not going back because you are part of it. And it's always been thought of as the positive in your brain. And then when it's not that anymore, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. But see, I, when I was told, like, I had no hard feelings towards this place. This is my home. I hadn't, I just, I had hard feelings with the people that made the decision, you know? Yep. So, yep. so I still, this is still my happy place. You know, like I, after my brother died, like, like it, it was a long time coming with my brother. Like he, he battled through addiction for over 10 years he was in prison for two of those years 
and and then like it kind of was a reason that my parents divorced and like my my family my parent you know that side of my family it's it's hard it's stressful you know it's hard to see my mom with another man yeah. it's hard to see my dad lonely and by himself yeah and yeah, yeah it's tough. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i i know um and it's i don't i'm not even sure what to say other than you made it out the other side um yeah yeah it's and it's for me like it's not your fault that you got opportunities it's not your fault you went places and weren't there it's like it's like thinking of my kids growing up and moving out. It's like, they're all going to go do different shit and you're going to miss them like crazy when they're gone. But like, everybody's got to go do their thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, like when I went and talked to the therapist, it's what she said. Like you have your life, you have to do your life. You have a family, you know, and it's, it wasn't my responsibility to make sure that my brother was okay, you know? And yeah, like I have resentment towards my parents for that, you know, like that's why I stay here now. Like I know it's not fair that, that the grandparents don't get to watch their grandkids grow up, but I am taking care of my family the way I want them to. And I think that, the way that my wife and I are doing it is the right way. Yeah. And I want more, more more for your kids. I want them to have the best life possible. That is my only goal in life as a father. Yep. And so for me, like my kids are like, and it seems like you're running a muck, sir. Thank you. I try. Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me too um yeah i do the best i can every day too yeah that's yeah. all you can do you know? yeah you're right you're right and <clears throat> i'm happy you found a home there and uh i mean that life's about finding a home and like where you belong where you feel right it's home right yeah and exactly. sometimes you got to show people when they're wrong and be like, well, watch this shit, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I have no doubt that when you get to Hanover, you're going to be ready to rock and you're going to run amok. But then you're also going to be teaching all the aspiring kids how to be hockey guys, how to be people, how to live the right way. And that's what hockey needs, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's You hit the nail on the head there because – the game has given me so much and it's only right to give it to the next kid. When it's and, Yeah. And like for me, coaching the kids is like when you see them become good teammates and like kind of like good people, like you don't say negative things about someone on your team, say positive things, help them, make yeah. them feel better, you know, like, be there for them, whatever they need, whenever it is, whether it's on or off the ice, there's so much stuff yeah. and hockey needs the right people teaching people how to hockey. Yep. Definitely. 
Well, um, to be honest, I, I'm really happy we finally figured out when to do this. What I love so much about this is I, I like the unpredictability of kind of like what you were, where you just hop on a plane to Toronto and then you turn around and head back. It's like the unpredictability <laughs> of our lives at the way they used to be. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're in an office Monday to Friday for 40 hours a week. And it's just, you know exactly what you're going to be doing every day at every time. And there's nothing exciting happens. I woke up today not knowing I was going to meet you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but seriously, yeah. it, it makes my day better. Um, for me, the talking, um, this is like my, this was, has been my therapy out of the game, seeing all yeah. my old friends, talking all the things out. I don't hate beating Haim anymore. I don't hate Helbron <laughs> anymore. I don't hate Sundar Yuski anymore. I'm good with everything. I know what I yeah, did yeah. and I know my teammates have my back and that's all I need to know. Right. Yep. To, to live a good life is the impact. Like I'm sure you've made an impact on a lot of people and that's what I want to do. Yeah. And, an and you will, when you're coaching those kids yeah. and um, it's like, I, I get your, when you put it out there, the no bad days. Um, I mean, I had my struggles out of the game. Um, nothing like losing a little brother. Yeah. Um, but I try to wake up now. Like every day is a good day for living and uh, do the best I can and run a muck at whatever I'm doing. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all you can do, especially when you have a beautiful family and a home and a house shouldn't have bad days, you know? No, no, it's, you're right. Like, when you think about where we could be and what we could have done out of Western Michigan to think of what you've accomplished, what I did, and to think about where we're at now, we should be grateful. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I right. mean, yeah, like it's you, there's always tough times, you know, but they, they don't last. No, they don't. No, last. they don't. Um, it's like the song I put out there every once in a while, the state of mind song. It's like, yeah. I've been down a time or two, but they didn't last long, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Great get to know you, sir. Go Broncos, right? And um, go Broncos. I'm gonna be cheering for you, not your coach. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. I don't want to see that guy win I'm gonna, anything. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Kevin. I'm gonna ask Kevin if he uh, if if he remembers you. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to ask him about me. Don't get off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah don't even bring me up <laughs> but seriously thank you for making the time and man yeah thank keep you. running a mark. I... it looks like you got a beautiful yeah. family and wife and you're doing everything right and doing everything the way you should be doing it and i see Appreciate the pictures it. of you with your kids on the ice and i see the passion for the sport the fans the community the people and um and this is my little gal here, but yeah, keep doing Bye. exactly what you're doing. And um, pe hockey, the world needs more people like you and coaching it, right? Yeah.
I appreciate it. Sorry it took me so long to get on here. I don't know why. It's all good. Talking helps though. And like now that you've been on and I finally lured you in, not to the shed, but the kitchen, but next time, maybe you you and Lamps, eh? Sounds good. He FaceTimed me. I was, yeah, he just FaceTimed me. Well, it's funny how shed guys know shed guys is like Lamps reach out, Marco reaches out and like, they're so shed guys are interconnected and shed guys know shed guys, right? Yep. Yep. And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Geraldo and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. That's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, it's time to go.